This episode is brought to you by the Slash and Cast Podcast Network. Learn more at slashandcast.net. There are legends around here. He died in my G fucking king of the zombies. Even if only in their own minds. <laughs> Forgotten, but not yet dead. I want to play a game. Some have tried to stop them, but they keep coming back. Don't let the door hit you in the ass on the way out. Coming to entertain you. They are the Crystal Lake Soldiers. Welcome back to the Crystal Lake Soldiers Podcast. My name is Isaiah, joined tonight by Sean and Mark. How are you guys doing this weekend? Pretty good, man. Fantastic. Somebody's always got to have the fantastic. I love it. <laughs> How are you tonight, Ted? <laughs> hmm. Funny, uh, we're not hearing from him. <laughs> Slacker. That's all right. But uh, So we are starting our... Well, this is going up on the month, uh, the first, actually the first of March, and uh, we're actually going to be covering remakes for the whole month of March. So we're going to kick off things tonight with the John Carpenter classic, The Thing. Um, but before we get into all that, though, what have you guys been up to this week? Just living and loving, man. <laughs> <laughs> actually, not too damn much, man. I've started reading um, trans another comic transformers the terminator which is pretty cool so far skynet has sent back a terminator to try to stop when the decepticons come to earth so because the decepticons and skynet are at war in the future huh. and skynet's kind of the good guy so that's how it appears so far and he's linked up with sarah connor to help him but what she doesn't know like in his directives you can see his directives and one of the side directives of everything fails is still to kill sarah connor so interesting <laughs> and i've been watching more castlevania i'm almost done with season two it's awesome great show everybody should check it out man nice that's about it i'll watch carnosaur three which is a cheap ass fucking movie that most people probably wouldn't like, but I love the <laughs> I love the Carnosaur sequels anyways. Yeah. So very cool. Um still playing games, playing my Switch a lot. That uh new well it's not new, but the the Super Mario three D world they just came out with. They just put it on the Switch from the Wii U. It's a lot of fun. There's this one level in it where uh, you pick up a cherry and it duplicates Mario and you control both Marios simultaneously and you got to figure out how to control them both to get through the puzzles. And then at some point you got five Marios on screen and you're controlling all of them. Oh, jeez. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. I thought it was cool. Um, yeah, things like that. The the cat Mario, you get a little cat suit and you can like scratch and climb up walls and stuff. He is fucking adorable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Mario games are always fun, man. Yeah. Uh yeah, I'm from I'm the original all the way to the most recent. Oh yeah. yeah. I mean they're still coming out with them. The new one that three D world they came out with came attached with a brand new game called Bowser's Fury, I think. Bowser's taken over by some kind of something that made him more than just a nuisance bad guy and turned him into an actual like kaiju <laughs> bad guy that's, that's running cool. over destroying trying to destroy the world um interesting yeah it's pretty cool uh playing some dark souls i started playing more assassin's creed because i'm still trying to beat the games that i left unfinished okay uh, there's like a little side thing that you don't have to do, but you can go on a vision quest and go through, um, what's the name of the, the God land in there? Uh, it's not Valhalla. It's whatever the, the realm that the gods live in. You can go through there. Asgard. That's what it's called. Um, okay. you can go through Asgard and there's like a thing in the, in Valhalla where you can have like rap battles, they call it flighting and it's just like arguments 
with rhymes and stuff, and you can rap battle with Thor, and it is fucking great. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> um, we finally got a PlayStation Five. We that actually just got here today. Oh wow! <laughs> oh wow. yeah, it was on, it was supposed to be here in like two or three weeks, and it got here today. We were playing with that. The controller's awesome. I mean, stupid notifications. If I had my notifications on, I probably would have gotten one. <laughs> yeah, it was up for a while, man. And I would have gotten one of those instead of the Switch. I mean, I'm happy I re-bought the Switch, but I'd much rather had a fucking PS5. Yeah. I'm fine. I'll be patient. They said they're going to be cranking more out. Yeah, I'm hoping they're going to be more available because like that one was up for sale for almost like 45 minutes. And we got the shipping confirmation the next day, so we knew it was legit. It wasn't another Coles. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So if when you do get it, I recommend playing because I'm just started playing the Astros Playroom. It's a free game that comes with it. It's pretty cute. It's okay. it's really funny. There's like parts where all the little Astro bots are like filming other games, and you can like recognize what costumes they're wearing, like. All oh, this guy's doing Spider Man, and this guy's doing God of War, and it's really funny. Uh, and uh, we watched some good movies this week too, man. Yeah. Uh, we watched uh, on a whim. She decided she wanted to watch Ed Wood, so we watched Ed Wood. I love that movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was my first time watching it. It was pretty funny. Um, we watched the new Tom and Jerry movie, and that movie is fucking hilarious. Really? Okay. It is really, really, really good. It's got all the classic Tom and Jerry antics. And it's like the every animal in the entire movie is animated. Even when like the boss guy has like a goldfish on the, his desk, the goldfish is animated. <laughs> That's hilarious. That's great. Yeah. It, it reminded me a lot of like Who Framed Roger Rabbit in that way. Yeah, okay. That's what I was thinking. That's cool. They did all, they're all in CG, but they did really good with the art style to make it feel like it was the animated, the hand painted. It looked right. Um, it's got one of those kid actresses that grew up and she's still big in acting. One of her, Chloe Moretz, I think. Okay. Yep. Uh, it's it's good. I recommend it. Definitely watch it with your kids, Sean. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. I already got a plan too. I can't wait to. I love some Tom and Jerry, so should be cool. Uh, yeah, we watched a couple other things. Watched I watched the thing today for the show. Just good movies, man. Yeah, <laughs> awesome, very cool. Yeah, for for me, I mean, like like I mentioned, I rebought the Switch um, because I missed out on the fucking PS Five, uh, but I got the. Uh, I was originally going to go with the Switch Lite, and I, I know that you know this, Mark, um, but they ended up having, GameStop had one of the Mario limited edition Switches left. Yeah. And so that talked me into getting that, because when I when I uh, traded in my Xbox One that I haven't used in a year and a half, plus all my games, I got like almost $200. So that was 100 more than what I was expecting to get. So I'm just like, you know what, fuck it. I'm just going to splurge and just get it. So I got the all red Mario edition of the switch and rebought Zelda uh, because that's one game I wanted to re get again. I still have like Mario Kart and um, like the South park games and, and all that just from when I, cause I bought those digitally previously. So they're still mine and everything. So I just redownload those redownloaded those. And then CC from the scream Queens has been, bugging me for like the last week or so to get Animal Crossing. So I finally bought that today. Um, so I downloaded that, started and started playing that right before we uh, started recording. So I'm excited to play that a little bit more once we're done here tonight and kind of learn a little bit more <laughs> with regards to that game. Um, besides that, though, I mean, I've been, I've been watching a lot of stuff this week. I've just had a, like nothing going on. So I ended up watching... About three seasons of Trailer Park Boys, because I oh started from season one, and I'm all the way through season three now. Um, I got caught up with uh, WandaVision, which, if you haven't seen WandaVision, I highly recommend. It's really fucking good. Um, we watched uh, Bubba Hotep last night, so that was a lot of fun, because it's been a while since we've done a movie night. 
Yeah. And that was very much needed. And then I've been playing a lot of Destiny uh, lately just because I've had nothing going on this week and everything. So uh, me and my buddy have been putting a lot of time into Destiny and uh, getting leveled up with the new season and everything. Uh, Beyond that, not not much else other than working uh, has been going on. So... And I've uh, been watching some old school wrestling too, some like old, like early 90s WCW for whatever reason, um, which is like, you get some of the good stuff there, but then you also have some really just bad, like <laughs> wrestling for WCW the, around that time. So, but they had some great stars, man, but they also got some really corny shit going on. Yes. <laughs> yes, exactly. I still like to watch it though. <laughs> Same. It's, it's, it's like nostalgia definitely. for me because that's. I think it's funny. Everybody always makes fun of WWS, some, some of their corny shit. WCW was doing their fair share. Oh, yes. <laughs> like I was watching last night uh, an old episode of WCW Saturday Night when uh, um, Bill Watts was in charge and had the whole <laughs> you can't jump off the top rope thing or, or you get yeah. disqualified. Yeah, that was. Uh, that was a blast from the past. Like, early 90s WCW is, like, when I first started watching WCW. I mean, we we always watched WWF when I was a kid. Like, I remember watching WrestleMania four, um, and that was uh, the first time I remember watching WrestleMania. No, not WrestleMania four. It was WrestleMania seven. Um, I, I do remember watching Clash of Champions, though, and WrestleMania four. you know, around when they uh, – um, had those shows because my dad would like tape them and stuff. So I would rewatch them like all the time. I don't know how many wrestling tapes I ended up wearing (laughs) just from rewatching it. But like that classic uh, class of the champions bout between um, sting and flair with the 45 minute draw. I mean, i watched that so much. It was ridiculous. But yeah, I mean just a lot of nostalgia, especially for that early night, early nineties WCW because uh, the first, event I went to was actually in 91 here in St. Paul when they had a WCW live event and everything. And like Ron Simmons was the champion at the time. And, uh, oh, that's cool. Man. Yeah. So I, I remember that that was like my first wrestling event going to. So that was a lot of nostalgia for early nineties WCW for me. So, which is why I ended up watching a bunch of it, um, uh, this last week. But other than that, not, not a whole a lot else going on besides just working, and um, went to try to watch the thing earlier this week to get ready for the episode. Found out my fucking disc was fucked, so I got to get a new copy of the thing. So I was a little bummed about that. But, I mean, I've I've seen the movie so many times, it's... I don't know. It's it's I've seen it way too many times. It's it's one of the few... I've seen it a lot, too. Yeah. For sure. It sucks to find out one of your discs doesn't work, though, man. Exactly. So I'm going to have to probably look at getting the Shout Factory... Um, release of it. I just had an old um, DVD release of it before, so and that's unfortunately rest in peace. But it is what it is. <laughs> Nothing lasts forever. So, but um, yeah. Beyond that, not a whole lot else going on. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit about just a couple pieces of of news that have kind of kind of come across. Now, I I, I mentioned this. Mark, actually, before we started recording, um, Sean, did you hear about Netflix and Skydance doing a Terminator animated series? No, not at all. Yeah, so uh, this was reported, I think, a couple days ago, maybe? Yeah, a a few days ago, on the 26th. um, Hollywood Reporter actually was reporting about Netflix and Skydance joining forces to bring Terminator uh, a a whole uh, animated series for it. And uh, the writer of the Batman is going to be um, running the show for for awesome, Netflix bro. and Skydance. So, um, it, I think it's a great idea for for you know doing an animated series for the Terminator. I mean, obviously, the last few movies that they've done haven't been as well received, and obviously, Dark Fate was pretty abysmal for critics and, and fans alike. I personally liked it. it. The series is all over the place. Yeah. I say it's good to go on the animation, man, and just let them create their own little world. So, like, one of my favorite of the recent things is when they were doing the TV show of Terminator. Yep. And that kind of got scrapped because of the movies, which Mm -hmm. was terrible. It was. (laughs) There's a lot of animated stuff coming out, man. So, 
adult, yeah. kind of adult oriented. So I like it, man. All of it's been pretty good. Yeah, yeah I'm pre- I'm pretty excited for it. And with Sean bringing up Castlevania, you can look at Castlevania and see how well somebody can bring this, uh, I guess, gruesome story or action packed story or have great effects in an animated setting. Yeah. Yeah. It takes the limitations away some, you know what I mean? Yeah, it really yeah. does. I like it, man. I, I think it's a smart way to go. It just is just especially with how much money they lost on Dark Fate and whatnot. Because, I mean, you can do an animated series for so much less money, obviously, and you can do so much more with it, you know. And I, I, I think it's a great way to go, and I think they can just do so much more with it, especially nowadays with the, the kind of uh, – um, technology we have nowadays, uh, even for just doing straight animation and stuff, it's it's it can be done so quickly, it's ridiculous. So um, kudos on them for deciding to go that route because I, I I think it's a smart way to go uh, for the the IP with it and everything. So it'll it'll be interesting to see what they do with that. And Netflix is usually pretty good with with their shows and 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 movies. So I, I've got a lot of faith in them to be able to to do this right. And uh, they seem to got the right people behind it. So. It'll be interesting interesting to see where it goes with that. Um, the next thing I would just wanted to just touch on, we've, we've talked a lot about Dying Light on the show um, over the last year and a half that we've been doing the show. And uh, Dying Light's celebrating its sixth anniversary right now. And they've got a whole new fucking fan event and new DLC and stuff. I mean, it, I've said it multiple times on the show, but this, it just amazes me how much content this company's put into this fucking game when it's six years old and they're still putting new content in, you know, as things come around like this with like the sixth anniversary or like the different events, like community events that they'll do. Um, it just, it's such a popular game still, even to this day, (laughs) a lot of companies and other games can really take note of, you know, what they've done and whatnot. And it, I, I just think it's great that six years later, they're still doing stuff. So they got like a, a zombie hunt event event that's live until the third. And then, the week after that, they're doing something else to um, to go along with it. So they've got a lot going on. It's taking place on like all the platforms, so PC, um, PlayStation, Xbox, everything. So I, I think it's great that they're still doing stuff for this while we're waiting for Dying Light 2 to come out. But um, other than that, though, the last... Uh, thing for news I had really was uh, we had talked previously about um, George Romero's unseen film uh, titled The Amusement Park and Shudder's picked up that to uh, release it to the US and that's going to be coming this summer I'm super pumped to be able to finally see that and it's been in the works for a while obviously with them restoring it and everything and so it'll be great to finally be able to see that lost work and just see what he had um, done for that movie yeah, I'll definitely be buying it, man. I don't have a, a lot of clue what it's even about, but it's George Romero. So yeah, I love mm-hmm. George Romero. Yeah, Ger- George Romero is a great time, filmmaker. He was definitely watch it. I was just thinking the other day about renewing my shutter for uh, Psycho Gore Man, but that's yep. not out yet. <laughs> <laughs> that's for sure. So, yeah, it, it, it'll be interesting because um, I know it's 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 like under an hour long, um, so it's not too terribly long, and uh, it, it's definitely got the you know the commentary in it. It's because it's talking about ageism and and things like that. So it'll be interesting to see w- what it's like. And I mean, it's it's a forty six year old movie that's never really been seen before. So it's it's pretty fucking cool um, that they were able to get this and to restore it and to finally release it. Um, after it wasn't supposed to be released, <laughs> you know, when the when the company that originally had Romero do this decided that they didn't want to release it, <laughs> whether it was yeah, because yeah. it was too dark or whatever okay. the case may be. I think I do remember what it's about now. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was trying to make a point; they just didn't like his point, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm super pumped for that. So that's coming uh, this summer. No, no release date as of yet, but it'll be coming uh, sometime in the next few months. So very, very exciting. But that's kind of all I, I had for news. Did you guys have anything else before we get into talking about the thing? No, sir. Not this week, man. All right. Sounds good. Kind of quiet this week. <laughs> that's all right. <laughs> I mean, 
Sometimes that's not a bad thing. But, all right, we're going to go ahead and talk about John Carpenter's The Thing. Itself. It wants to hide inside an imitation. It'll fight if it has to, but it's vulnerable out in the open. If it takes us over, then it has no more enemies. Nobody left to kill it. And then it's one. You guys gotta listen to Gary! He can beat one of those things! The Thing was released on June 25th, 1982, directed by John Carpenter. Uh, had a cast of Kurt Russell, Keith David, Wilford Brimley, uh, T.K. Carter, and David Clennon. This movie had a budget of about $15 million, and worldwide, during its uh, initial release, only grossed about $20 million. So this movie was considered uh, a failure when it was first released, and it was actually panned a lot by critics and and it's amazing to see how a movie like that went from that to being like considered one of the best horror movies of all time. And it just it just really shows like how good of a filmmaker John Carpenter is. People weren't ready, man. No, it they shows, really weren't. It shows that critics don't know what the fuck they're talking yeah. about. <laughs> Pretty much that too. Like the older <laughs> fans, like I remember the older fans. I mean, I was young man, but they cuz they were, you know, kind of relaying it like we do to the movies when they're remakes and they weren't well receiving it either i think it was more of the younger generation that grabbed onto it and made it into what it is now because i think the current horror community exactly wasn't 100 percent ready for what he threw at everybody right i'm not knocking the movie at all i fucking love it i was one of the young ones that freaking loved it yep Yeah, so uh, just to kind of start things off here, the opening title attempts to replicate the appearance of the original Howard Hanks film. Um, And this is one of the things that I think is really cool just with how filmmaking was done back then because you didn't have, like, you know, graphic special effects through a computer, really. And so to get the, you know, the title reveal reveal for the thing, what they did is uh, to create that effect is they had an animation cell with the thing written on it it was placed behind a smoke-filled fish tank and and then what they did what they did is they had the back of it covered with a plastic garbage bag and then they just melted that car that they lit the garbage bag on fire basically to do the reveal and it just looks so fucking cool and it's so fucking iconic now but just just how they used what they had to create that effect and just how effective it was you know just even with the opening title sequence i mean it's just so fucking cool just with you know what you can do with without having a fucking computer to do it for you, you know. Oh yeah, it's what's missing in movies a lot. Mm-hmm. Even right down to your fucking special makeup effects. I mean, everything's everybody's so quick to use CG nowadays. But even with this, this is like some of the best. And I know we've talked about this before, but this is some of the best makeup effects ever in a fucking movie. And. The dude was fucking twenty two years old when he when he did the makeup effects for this movie. Uh, Rob Botten, or, or I think that's what his name was, right? Yeah, yeah Rob Botten. Um, so he was only twenty two when he started this project, and it, it's it's like a benchmark for special effects. And 
it's just so top notch and you know that yeah, got him still holds up honestly mm-hmm. yeah i would go as far to say in my opinion this is the best practical effects out of any movie i've ever seen yeah i and... i would probably concur <laughs> Yeah, this and Day of the Dead like top it for me. They're two of the top, I think. Yeah. As far as coming across realistic. Yep. In a wild ass story world. <laughs> right, for sure. Um, another just quick bit of trivia with this movie is John Carpenter has stated that out of all of his films, this is his personal favorite, and honestly it's mine too. I mean this this movie is just too fucking good. It's yeah, I think it's his best work, honestly. Mm-hmm. For sure. Um, and this is actually the first Carpenter film that he didn't score himself. So obviously we know, um, you know, the famous theme, uh, the theme music that is used throughout this movie and everything. And, and the music was so, is like so perfect for this movie. What's really interesting is that uh, this score actually got the Razzie Award for the worst score. <laughs> I'm just like, this is so iconic now, you know. And it's yeah, got that carpenter feel. The dread in the movie, not to cut you off, man. Yeah, it just really adds to the sense of dread and no hope. Mm-hmm. It's just so so good. And then obviously, and to kind of go along with that, with how he got a Razzie for being the worst score, the unused music that they use in the fucking Hateful Eight, and that score for for that won like a fucking Oscar. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just it's so funny that you know one year it's considered the worst score, but then you know 20 or 30 some years later it's considered like you know oscar worthy it's just so fucking amazing how things there's, change dude, there's so much politics when it comes to the fucking academy awards it mm-hmm. is disgusting it really is sure man this movie was so uber violent it was i think it pushed the violent envelope earlier than most probably so. mm-hmm. oh, it's so good so good so obviously this takes place in Antarctica, um, and we've got you know it starts off right away where you where you got the the chasing with the dog and the helicopter, and you know the the guys the Norwegian guys who can't speak a lick of English and they can't communicate with this other camp about what's going on and whatnot, and so that all happens and you know the they end up getting shot and and everything and to try because they've got the guns and everything and obviously the dog still lives like the poor dog we gotta save this dog man <laughs> right that's what he's doing well i mean the the movie made you feel that way like why is this guy yeah. trying to kill yep. this dog he's just like that dog is fucking adorable <laughs> yeah it was a beautiful dog so. yes it was Plus, you see the one dude, man, and I can't remember his name at the current moment. The guy that was the keeper of the dogs, like Clark, I think. Yeah, mm-hmm. Clark. He, he was, you know, big time lover of his animals. So I could see where they're like coming to the rescue. But little did they know it was going to turn the world upside down. Yeah, no yeah. kidding. <laughs> How about the, the damn... first wild scene? Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> How about the guy who was about to throw the fucking grenade and it slips out of his hand, <laughs> <laughs> and the other guy was trying to dig it out like he could stop it from blowing yeah. up or some shit. Too late, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, so good. Well, let's talk about Kurt Russell here for a minute. Um, that fucking epic beard and hairstyle he has in this fucking movie. So that took him like over around a year to fucking grow all that shit. (laughs) And it's just fucking (laughs) epic. It's like the best beard and hair in like an early eighties horror movie and movie in general. I mean, it just looks fucking cool. He's my favorite character by far. Oh, definitely. I just love Kurt Russell in general and, just bringing up the topic of the Oscars. Why the fuck does Kurt Russell not have a goddamn Oscar? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, he's done he's, some great roles, man. And not just hard and sci-fi. Like he's all over the place. He's mm-hmm. good work. Um, this is one of my favorites of his. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, that beard is epic. Uh I love how you get your introduction to him. He's sitting there playing the chess wizard, I think it was called. Mm-hmm. And the chess machine beat him, and he pours his whiskey into the computer. <laughs> he just he just calmly opens the door for, I guess, 
you can change the cartridge or something i don't know and just dumps his whiskey into it and i just couldn't help but thinking man people that act out of anger can be scary but people that can act out of anger and be calm about it are even scarier <laughs> right <laughs> That's uh, so good. And then, yeah, the, the, the voice of that computer, too, was uh, Adrian Barbeau, uh, who was married to John Carpenter at the time, which um, I didn't realize that until a few years ago, I think, uh, that, that, that that that's who it was. So I thought that yeah, was kind of cool that cool. they used her with this. Um, Obviously, you've got a great cast here. I mean, you've got Kurt Russell, um, Keith David, obviously. Uh, he's great in everything too that he does i mean he he just adds a whole other flavor um to every character he's he's done and it's he's he's a great almost kind of like um opponent to mccready in this movie kind of just questioning things and i know we've talked about that a little bit in in previous episodes when we've talked about like the um like when we did the uh the fan theories uh, we, we talked a little bit about how uh, Childs is kind of like a good like character to head butt yeah. heads with. Uh, He's not the protagonist, but it's almost like he is in a way. Yeah, yeah. Constantly challenging his authority, which is why I like his character because it's like, who made you the fucking boss here out in the middle of nowhere? Right. Like, I'm fucking grown too, and I got I know what I want. <laughs> I ain't listening to you, McCready. Go get drink some more whiskey. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Then, uh, then of course you got like Doctor Blair, uh, you know, who's played by Wilfred Brimley, another great character. I mean, all the fucking characters in the movie are just perfect, and the setting of this movie too is just so—it's so you feel so isolated watching this movie yeah, just with, absolutely. especially it's already during, a hard job, man. Like mm-hmm. out in isolation like that, separated from someone for so long, and then you add the not being able to trust anyone next to you. Yep so much stress on top of the isolation what the fuck do you do other than lose your mind <laughs> pretty much and then you add in the, you know the, the the everything happening with the thing now and you know how that all starts up and then it just makes people trust people even less yeah. the dog scene man that's the i think that's the first time mm-hmm. like, you're like holy shit what's going what's <laughs> fucking going on right I think that's tied with um, the heart attack scene is my favorite scene. The dog scene and the heart attack scene. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. And then is the heart attack scene the same? Because, uh, like I said, I, I wasn't able to watch it. Uh, where they do the blood test? Where the blood test comes after that. That was after that? I okay. Comes, I think it comes before that. Where the... They put him on the table and his stomach opens up. Yeah, when he's trying to, um, he's shocking him. He's like, one, clear. Yeah, that was before the blood test. Okay, yeah. okay. Um, the blood test part was my favorite where they had, I can't remember the guy's name. He was tied to the chair and he was the last guy and they found out and he just started transforming. Oh my god! So and he good. was tied up to the other people, and they were all freaking out. Yeah, That's my favorite oh my part. <laughs> oh fuck! That's a great scene, anyways, man. Like that whole way, like you don't know who's going to be, when the blood's going to do. It's so tense. It's like uh, just so man. tense. And I've always thought the old guy kind of was one there too. Like you don't have any proof of that. But I just always thought he was already one too. He just got fucking lucky because the other dude transformed first. Yeah. It's very possible. Very, very possible. I love when they're all standing around talking about how somebody could have gotten into the refrigerator to sabotage the blood samples. <laughs> it made me really think of an emergency meeting from Among Us where he's like, well, I guess somebody could have taken the key off of me or something like that. <laughs> it's like, man, this is like this guy's trying to make his case because he don't want to get ejected off the spaceship. <laughs> right. <laughs> so good. <laughs> I like to after oh, that's the heart attack scene. Never mind. I was after the heart attack scene when um I'm getting my scenes mixed up, man. <laughs> they said um because isn't it. 
whoever it is that transforms that's attached to everybody, once they set him on fire and then he runs outside and McCready throws a dynamite on the body to blow it up. <laughs> I just always thought that was funny, man. They burn him to a crisp and he's like, I'm going to make sure this motherfucker don't come back right. from the bits. So good. <laughs> the other thing that's interesting is, uh, now, I don't know if you guys knew about this. Um, you know how Keith David wears gloves throughout the movie? Have you guys noticed that? Noticed no. I mean, I don't think I would notice in like an Arctic setting, right? So basically, throughout most of the movie, he's actually wearing gloves, and um, he he was doing that because he was in a car accident before they filmed, and so one of his hands was broken, so he was wearing the gloves to cover up the cast that he had on his hand, which I, I I I never would have thought twice about, but it's it's very interesting. Um. Just to, to hear that and just to notice that afterwards. Because um, I, I had heard about that, I, I think it was maybe a couple of years ago or something. Maybe it was sooner than that. But then I rewatched it after that, and then it, then I started noticing, like, how he was wearing gloves in most of the scenes. So very, very interesting. I love how you can see, like, how the, like, the, the psychological element is getting to them mm-hmm. when you see that one guy's going nuts with the damn the revolver and the axe in that computer room and he's just fucking going ham on everything yeah <laughs> i just i just love that because man i i would feel like doing that <laughs> yeah. it's like i you're all my friends but are you i don't know <laughs> right. just stay the fuck away from me everyone <laughs> Back the fuck off. <laughs> I, I, I see like a lot of like alien in this movie. Like the way that they're all just chilling and everything's cool and they're all sitting around yeah. playing cards and they don't know what's going on. And it's like a, a slow burn until you see the alien or in this case, the thing. I, I see a lot of similarities between the two movies. Right, and that's where like a lot of the criticism of the movie came from originally, was everybody thought of it just as a, an alien ripoff, basically, and that's where a lot of people, you know, kind of ripped on the movie was because of that fact. But I mean, it's yeah, I, I can see some of the similarities. Movies they need to see on alien ripoffs before they judge this. Right. Well, I mean, it's it's a fine line between this something and a, a ripoff, or is it an inspiration? Right. Exactly. And it's it's like I, I can understand where they can maybe get that kind of a feeling because yeah, there are definitely some similarities, but at the same time, it's such a different movie that it's yeah. you can't even compare the two really. You know. Yeah. It's source material. Yeah, I was just referencing the like the atmosphere and the feel of the crew yeah, and everything. Yeah. Reminded me of Alien. Yeah, I agree with you on that a hundred percent, man. Those people who are were thinking it's a ripoff just aren't thinking. <laughs> no. Completely different movie. It even has like old source material, man. Like there's the thing from another world and that's based off of a book that I don't remember the name, like it's a name like with a question mark, like who is it or who's there or something like that. Mm-hmm. Based off the mystery of what the fuck is this thing and something that could take over a body like that. So yeah. have you guys ever seen the original movie? I yeah. seen it a long time ago. Was it, is it the thing from another world or is it a thing from outer space? Thing from another world. Okay. Yeah. I saw it on Amazon. I was thinking about watching it maybe this week. I've never seen All it. All right, man. It's I mean, it's not stellar, but it's worth a watch. I've seen it quite a few times growing up because my mom was a fan of it. So Yeah. And she hated this movie. By the way. <laughs> did she? Uh, did it grow on her over time, or she still hated it? She liked it a little bit. She just could never. She's one of the older school men. Some of them, it's hard to get them into some of the violent movies. Man, they just it turns yeah. them off. So, but I know I don't know this one. She could just never could accept. There's been other ones she did, but not this one. So, right. <laughs> I guess she just loved the original too much. You know, sometimes you just can't let go of that shit. I'm guilty of that sometimes too. So. Yeah, me too. Like like a movie we're going to talk about later this month. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so good. So uh, we, we didn't quite touch on when uh, they went to the... Uh, 
the um where they went to the Norwegian uh or not the yeah the Norwegian site to kind of see what happened and they kind of s- saw like all the aftermath of what happened there uh the one thing i just wanted to bring up is you know i i, I know that the the prequel gets a lot of shit for um not being a good movie or, or whatever the case may be but I, I like what they did because they they took a lot of detailed um like notes and whatnot and kind of incorporated what they showed in in this one to kind of recreate that in the prequel and yeah, so I, I, I just wanted to bring that up just because I, I i think that was really cool that they they did that to kind of tie the two together yeah i think it's again maybe people are just shitting on it because they love this one so much right it doesn't get the credit it deserves, man. I think it's a great movie. I like it. Yeah. I do too. Fun. They up. They go CG with it, which is slightly disappointing. But they do some cool shit with it, so I forgave them. Yeah, it's right. still got really good writing. I think. Yeah, I agree. And like you just said, man, the way they tied some of the stuff in, like I literally watched them as the prequel and the thing when I watched them, and yep. you can see certain things, man, when you watch it that way. Like it really does feel like it's in the same universe. So. Yep. And if Ted was here, I would get on his case, man, because he still needs to give that movie a chance. So. <laughs> he won't watch it, man. <laughs> so. That's Ted, though. <laughs> yeah, he, but this is his favorite movie, so that's why. Yeah. And I can see why. I mean, Ted is kind of set in his ways, but I, I, I understand. I mean, especially this is his favorite movie, so. Because, I mean, it's it's definitely not as good, um, but it's still a very, very good, you know, movie for being a prequel that was made what almost 30 years later or I still give you 20 that years later who is it feel you know yep. maybe not quite as well but it's still cool man yeah exactly i, I uh, want to bring up one thing i think is a negative aspect in this a negative for me sure anyways <clears throat> i love this movie backwards and forwards but i think at the end when the monster is like or the thing or alien whatever you want to call it has its big reveal I'm slightly, I think that was like one of the worst moments for the monster as far as appearance. Okay. I enjoyed him more like in the small bits of when he's transforming, like when he's transforming with the dogs or when he, you know, the guy in the heart attack pulls apart into different pieces. When you just see him as this one big silent monster, I don't know what it is, man. It just takes away a little bit for me. Sure. No, and I, I honestly kind of agree just because I think the the mystery behind it is more fascinating than than getting yeah. like a, a reveal of it because um, I would have preferred if they would have just stuck with the the transformations and that's kind of the only time yeah. you see anything related to the actual thing yeah, I didn't need a reveal right and then you see like the dog come out and it's almost like this thing is a, still got pieces of all of them like I expected to see face and I was, which thankfully they didn't go that far with it right yeah, yeah, it probably I think it might have been more scary to think, you know, you don't know if this is has one source or if it's multiplying for real or what. Mm-hmm. I think it would have been scarier yeah. that way. Yeah, cuz that's one of the I mean fan theories, man, is cuz McCready makes a says something at one point like it's it thinks independently when it moves from itself and all that. So if at some point it assimilated into do with people, was it working together or were they working against each other? Like I had actually never thought of that. I was kind of against that theory one time, but now the more I think about it, it's like, who knows what the fuck was going on? Right. right. <laughs> We're just seeing it from the human side. Who the fuck knows what was going on with the alien or aliens? Or yep. Agreed. And I, I love that this movie, it, it just kind of ends on that kind of you don't know what's going to happen. You know, it leaves it on that kind of cliffhanger. Um, and I, I think it's the perfect ending for this because you don't have, like, necessarily a, a resolution because they're basically they're left to die. I mean, the whole fucking camp's been burnt down and, you know, blown up and everything else with what's going gone on. And so them just kind of sitting there after they think they killed the thing and, you know, just, just sharing some booze. I mean, it's, it's just kind of like a bleak ending. And I think it works perfectly for this kind of a movie. So here's my question. Are they both humans or is one of them the thing? I don't know. I mean, 
I've always, I've like personally, I've always thought that it's just them two, and neither one of them is the thing. But like we talked about, I went with that most of my life as well. Yeah, recently, man. Okay, I'm gonna state my case. (laughs) It's based (laughs) off of two people. One is John Carpenter, because when I in an interview when he was asked that very question he he didn't say who but he says one of them is the thing so then in another interview the cinematographer said he actually did a light trick with the eyes throughout the whole movie to hint at who the thing was in every scene oh this ruins the movie or not (laughs) everybody has an eye reflection that is a human and when whoever is the thing there is no reflection of light off the eye and if you pay attention to the whole movie it stands throughout the whole movie huh and in the ending scene mccready has light reflecting off his eyes and charles does not so very interesting that's cool yeah so yeah i was gonna say i would have picked charles if it was one of them yeah me too some people even uh, this goes too far for me some say the bottle wasn't really even whiskey. I don't buy into that, and that's why I'm. No, that's. That. I think people are stretching too far at that. Point. Yeah. yeah, it doesn't. It imitates organic creatures, not a damn yeah. bottle of whiskey. <laughs> this isn't no fucking anime. Get the hell out of here. <laughs> but I do. That was the cinematographer, so I was like, that's something. And I the, heard this recently, and when I watched the movie, paid attention. You definitely like if you can look up the blood scene, the blood test scene everybody's got eye reflections except for the dude that transforms his eyes are dark so it's other little thing if you pay attention you can notice them wow i'm gonna have to once i get another copy i'm gonna have to fucking just sit there and watch it and just see because that's very interesting i I, that's one thing i've never heard about the movie so that's very very cool does that count for the dog too Good question, man. I don't want to know, man. (laughs) (laughs) Damn. (laughs) Fucking blowing my mind over here, Sean. I just watched the movie today. You're making me go watch it again. (laughs) Um, speaking of I don't I don't think I mentioned, but I think Childs is one of my favorite characters in the movie. Oh yeah. I think you guys hit on it, but just he seemed like a real person like he not that the other guys didn't but he just he was such an individual and like the the writing that went into his character was so good mm-hmm. i i just loved how he was like well if this shit's real and this shit's going on i'm looking out for me yeah <laughs> not in like a skeevy rat go behind your back kind of thing but he was still like, yeah. I still don't fucking trust you. I don't care how long I've known you. And then when they were like, well, leave leave him outside. Well, and he might freeze to death. But, you know, that's something that we'll just that's a risk we're going to have to take in case he's the thing. And that was for me that that just showed his character so well in that one scene. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's why I like that's my two favorite is McCready and him, even though they battle at each other. Like to me, they're the the two actually ones that have any direction in the movie. Everybody else is just following and kind of seeing what the fuck and waiting, waiting to see what one of them is going to do. I did like the guy. He ended up being the thing later, I'm pretty sure. But the guy that ran off, or he might have gotten eaten, but he ran off when they were fighting to go get the shotgun because he didn't trust anybody. He was like, oh, I could see myself <laughs> being that guy too. <laughs> so cool. So good. <laughs> I fucking yeah, love it. Like, get away from me. That's what I think I would be like. Man, <laughs> what do I do? I just stay away from everyone. I'm just going to go to this other camp and live by myself. Yeah. <laughs> go live in that spaceship they found. <laughs> 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 Looks safer now. Definitely. All right. So, to kind of wrap things up here, what would you guys rate this movie? That's easy. Five out of five. Yeah, man, just perfect five out of five with like gold trim on the outsides, <laughs> little filigree underneath, and some doves flying in the background. This movie is fucking amazing. Yeah. All right, I'm right there with you guys. It, it is definitely a, almost a perfect fucking you know horror movie. It's 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 just so good, and it's definitely Carpenter's best. Like we we like we've said. I mean, even better than Halloween. 
As much as I love the Halloween series, fucking the thing is on a whole other level, and it's so fucking good. And the budget it had, too. I mean, it was, you know, it had a really good budget, especially for 1981 or whenever they filmed it. You know, it's it had a pretty sizable budget, and they did so much with what they had, and the effects were just fucking top-notch. Everything about it was fucking great. The writing, the cinematography, the score, the 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 actors that they had. Everything was fucking perfect, so definitely... Five out of five. Um, and, you know, we would love to know what you guys think, too. Uh, you can always reach out to us through our social media. We're on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, all at CLS Podcast. Um, we hope you enjoyed this week's episode. Uh, like we said, we're going to continue with the remake madness theme for the rest of the month. Next week, we'll be covering David Cronenberg's The Fly from 1986. So I'm super pumped for that because it's been a long time, actually, since I've watched The Fly. And so uh, it'll it'll be great to be able to revisit that for the first time in I think almost twenty years. I think it's is how long has it been since I've seen, I've oh, seen wow. the movie. Yeah, it's it's been a long time. So I'm I'm looking forward to revisiting that. So, but until next week, though, we do appreciate you guys checking out this week's episode. Uh, anybody have anything final before we take off tonight? Yeah, due to COVID nineteen restrictions, I do not have anything to say this week. It's postponed until next week. So. <laughs> <laughs> a little dig at Texas Frightmare there. <laughs> uh, so sad that that got postponed again. Yes. I'm postponing now too, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we will see you guys next week. This episode of the Crystal Lake Soldiers podcast is brought to you by the Slash and Cast Podcast Network. Check us out at www.clspodcast.com or join in the conversation on social media. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, all at CLS Podcast. Until next time, stay safe, campers. <laughs> <laughs>